Hey everybody, this is Alex, and this is new episode of the Porter Notes podcast. Currently, no sponsors. Let's hope we can change that. All right, let's get this started. Hey everybody, this is Alex. Thank you for tuning in to the Porter Notes podcast. I have a feeling there's a lot of new listeners, and that's pretty exciting to me. So let me just take a minute here to tell you a little bit about the podcast, about me. The Porter Notes podcast started out as the Kettle and Cup podcast, and this was probably 2012. I started a a little podcast from our coffee shop, our also equally little coffee shop. The podcast was an interview with the people who were performing in the shop at the time. It was a little bit of a self-promotion. We also interviewed some of the artists who had work on display. And it was probably about four or five episodes. And they went out into the internet ether. And they were enjoyable, and I thought to myself, if I could ever do this again, I'm going to. Some time had passed. The coffee shop, unfortunately, closed the doors. And recently, I decided I would take the time to investigate into doing the podcast all over again. This actually was 2018, May of 2018. I decided at that point that I would start getting the machinery up and going again, which ultimately is kind of the crux of the whole thing. You can have all the inspiration you want to, and you can even line up your friends or relatives or people you admire or want to get to know for interviews, but the machinery, the actual physical machinery of getting the podcast recorded and out there into the world, that's that's a little bit of a different story, I guess. However, over time and with some experience behind me, I managed to get a couple of really good episodes out there. Then, turns out, getting the episodes uh, onto the World Wide Web, as they call it, wasn't as easy as I had originally thought so. But those things have all nailed down, smoothed out, whatever your metaphor and so they're, they're here. They're out there. You can access them. If you haven't done so already, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. That's, that's a great resource to find out when new episodes are out there and just a little bit of uh, inside stuff. Also, the homepage, which is PorterNotes, P-O-R-T-E-R-N, as in Nancy. All the Nancys of the world. I got a cousin, Nancy. I wonder if they wish that people would say N as in something else. Like N as in Niedermeyer. But Nancy just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Ever since Wheel of Fortune, probably. P-O-R-T-E-R-N as in... I keep coming up with Nancy. O-T as in Tom. There's another one for you. ESPorterNotes.com. 
and you'll find out all the different things that that we do. And we we publish the podcast. Uh, I've I've been known to do a web comic series. Uh, there's oftentimes a video or audio series that happens from our home studio called uh, Zombie Watch Studios. And uh, there's a little bit of a live from Zombie Watch Studios. Most recently, it's been uh, a couple of performances, annual performances for sure, from Jaco. Jaco does a Halloween performance, but the studio is pretty wide open for other performers. Um, shoot me an email, kettleandcup, K-E-T-T-L-E-N-C-U-P at gmail.com. Or there's links to how to contact me through all the different pages. Please do so. I'd love to hear from you. I don't hear from too many people, and that's okay. <laughs> but I guess it's good to know that others are listening, so feel free to do to do that. Uh, this is a bit of a supplemental podcast today, and my most recent podcast was a checking in episode, and it was checking in with my uh, with my good buddy Bron. We ran a little long in our conversation, and I I cut some of it out and decided that I would put out a little supplemental to tide you over until the next episode of the podcast comes out. So a little bit shorter than usual. It's uh, about 30 minutes. There's there's things in the works. Uh, as, as you heard I or have seen probably, I've put out a new Facebook page for the, for the podcast, and that's facebook.com slash porternotes. There's uh, all kinds of ways to listen to the podcast as well. So if you're listening now, you've heard us in some way from one of these outlets, but maybe it's not your favorite one. So let me know if, if, if I'm not reaching you the way that you'd prefer. We publish via Podbean, so that's one way. There's also Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify. I think in somewhere within the next 7 to 14 days, uh, it'll be on iHeartRadio, if that's the sort of thing that you do. Ask for it, too. Suggest it. Let your friends know. The basis of the podcast is is me, microphones, a friend, an acquaintance, somebody that, that I think is interesting, and, and I like to take people who, I love them, I really do, but they're mostly common, everyday people doing their thing, but their perspective on life is, is, is really good, really interesting, and I like to share that with, with all of you out there listening, so that's that's why I do it, so please... Enjoy this episode. This is, a, again, a little bit of a supplemental episode before the next real one. Part two, I guess, of checking in with Bron. Uh, this is our conversation about movies. <laughs> one of the things that we we like to talk about is movies. And so y- you can enjoy that. And I'll check in with you one more time here at the end of this episode. These are these are movie, and I'm not going to say they're movie motifs, but I am going to say that there are things that are that happen in movies on a very regular basis, and they really bother me that they happen, that they have happened, that they continue to happen, and I feel that it's lazy writing. Okay. Now, understand this. I know that there's only about seven. seven. Is it seven? It is seven. Okay. Seven different mo- movie plots. Things are good. Things are bad. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl, whatever. I don't know what they all are. Do you know what they all are? Uh, not offhand, but uh, okay. I, I've I've looked it up probably ten times. I just don't retain the information. Yeah, I get it. But here's here's okay. 
here we are. This is 2020, and I won't even count this year yet, but I know this is going to happen. I'll say 2019. 2019, take your car into a shop, right? Okay. Take your car into a shop, and, and, and they're going to hook it up to a computer, and you know, very little wrench twisting happens on a on a regular basis in a shop anymore. I mean, there's 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 you know some. There's always going to be some, but it isn't like you know you can go down to well, these neighbors that are in the apartments and say, hey man, can you do this on my car? Right. They they're quite a bit more complicated. They are. They are more complicated. A little more dense under the hood. Okay. I can guarantee you that there was a movie put out in 2019, and there'll be some yet to come. Where somebody is going to get into a car that's not theirs, they're going to scrunch down yeah, underneath the dashboard. Yeah, I know where this is going. They're going to grab a couple of wires, mm-hmm. put them together, and and drive off. Right. I just maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I just don't. I just don't think that that's some sort of, uh, you know, that that piece of crap. Right. Shouldn't make it up on the screen any longer. Right. That that should be a thing of the past. Yeah. Here's another one. I would like to know. I would like to know how many times protagonist, antagonist, doesn't matter, steals a car in a movie. Okay. How many cars get stolen in movies? Have you had a car stolen? No. These are a lot of your pet peeves. Well, uh, it gets to me because it's like, it's almost as if we have this viewpoint. No. Let me me back this up by saying it's almost as if Hollywood has this viewpoint that there are just certain tricks that they can throw out there and everybody's just going to accept it. Yeah, it's shorthand. Yeah, it is. They they don't have to build up a a car theft. People, People take it as red. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I've never stolen a car. Um, I've known people who have had cars stolen. I've never stolen a car. I've never forced anybody out of a car. All right. It can't be as easy as what you see. It can't be. Well, I mean... If somebody came up to you and said, get out of this car, regardless of if they said FBI, police, whatever, how easy do you think it's going to be for them to actually physically get you out of the car before you actually just pull away? Right. Yeah, well, there might be a little bit of confusion. I don't know. I I, I understand where you're going with this, and um, yeah, it it progresses the plot. It only takes thirty seconds to progress the plot, you know, and and they save a little bit of film. Is it lazy writing? Perhaps. I think I think we've become so accustomed to the scenes that you know the familiarity breeds contempt, mm-hmm. sort of sort of mm-hmm. rule. You've seen it so many times, you don't want to see it anymore. You know, steal a moped. You know, be original. <laughs> Steal a bike yeah. with a with a milk crate on the handlebars. Yeah. Here's one for you. You watch The Mandalorian, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. It's 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 kind of a reworking of the, the classic western. Yeah. You know. Um okay. So Mando's there. He's he's doing his thing. You know, his back is against the wall or he's, you know, he's 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 crouched down somewhere and, and things are things are hot. And there's there's laser blasts all over the place. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, quick action. People aren't really taking their time lining up shots. They're they're firing all over them and he's knocking people down. 
So for whatever reason, though, he's he's trapped, and, and his weapon is either malfunctioned or, or he's just not able to get a bead on something. The one time that he's face-to-face with an enemy is that one time when they're going to stop and line up their shot. So before, they're firing at him all willy-nilly. They're not even taking three seconds in between shots. Yeah. Now they've got him, right? Now they hesitate. The sound of the laser blast, and they fall down, and somebody else yeah. who who was either a, a surprise, like, oh, man, I didn't know that they, would, they had a dog in this fight, yeah. or had been missing, you yeah. know, and like, oh, well, okay, I thought she was battling somewhere else. Now here she is. Yeah. Shoots this person and down they go. And I and I, I say this because I think I think I counted it happening in the Mandalorian at least three times. Uh that particular one that you're talking about, if we're talking about the same thing, that was actually my least favorite episode because of another trope that I don't like. It's the whole go into a fishing village or whatever mm-hmm. and you spend five minutes in a montage and, you know, there's a couple of scenes where they're swinging sticks around getting prepared for a battle and then uh you know that that seems to be a common one where you just do a montage for five minutes and then everybody's you know battle ready yeah uh, yeah and it's a village that was being raided regularly yeah now suddenly there's like six weeks where there's no raid so they have time to prepare for this battle yeah yeah uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not a big one for I'm not a big one for for the the exception. I feel like if I was a murderous type of person, and I was in charge of a, a group of people murdering with me, there would be no reason for me to stop murdering, even if I was like, oh man, there's there's the Mandalorian, and you know, I'm going to relish killing this guy. Right. I think I would relish it after I killed him. Okay. You know, or, 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 and, and this has been sent up many times too, but you know, the monologue, Yeah. you know, I, I think for me, gosh, they sent that up. Uh, I think they sent it up most exquisitely in, in the Incredibles. Um, you know, so you got the bad guy who's not thinking twice about killing even his own henchmen if he has to, but then, you know, he's going to, you know, stop and monologue with the one person that's his arch enemy that, you know, he, that, that his, you know, at his mercy. I think there is kind of a precedent for that. You have, um, not every serial killer, but you have various serial killers who like to kind of bait the police, kind of outsmart them, kind of prove that they're smarter than them. I mean, it's probably a psychosis of some sort, but you get to the supervillain stage, they probably have a similar sort of megalomaniacal psychosis to them. You'd seen the 1980s version of Batman. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a wonderful scene in there where Jack Nicholson, uh, you know, kills somebody and then afterwards has the monologue with the dead body. Yeah. I, I think that would probably be more likely to happen with a serial killer. Right. You know, although I have watched episodes of I Survive, and I guess there is a fair amount of monologuing sometimes. Well, I don't know what the what the actual statistics are, but... Yeah, I don't know that there you, is. You it's measurable. The, you hear about the newspaper clippings about, what was it, the Zodiac Killer or something. Mm. He would just 
put things in the paper every once in a while, subtle little clues. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the uh, the new Netflix um, limited series about the guy who, who killed the cats. Did you see that? No. Are you a Netflix user? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's called Don't F With Cats. Okay. I recommend it. We oh. can maybe discuss it sometime in the future. Okay. Um, no, I'm not going to let the... <clears throat> not gonna let the cat out of the bag, huh? But uh, yeah, I recommend it. And it gets in, it gets kind of into the mind of a narcissistic killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I think there's a certain psychological sort of uh, need to present your dominance, hmm. and if if you do have that arch nemesis, that arch rival going either way it's usually the bad guy in the film that's going to explain to you why he's so much better. Hmm. So. Okay, here's another one for you. And I'm going to go outside of the uh, the action-adventure, which I've... But uh, y- y- romantics, right? Romantic movies. Okay. Okay. Like John Wick? No. <laughs> oh. Um, you know, I'll say this. I think that that uh that there's a generation of people who have been done a great disservice by by some romantic tropes that are out there. One of which is the the independent young woman, which that's realistic, who's living in a really great apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh and and is like a florist. Right. Or a uh you know, a, uh, uh, an artist, yeah. um, you know, or works at a record shop. Yeah. I think they did that with the series friends. They, they tried to work out how much each one of them would have to make to maintain the lifestyle that was portrayed on, on the screen. And it was some astronomical value. Nothing that you're going to get working at a coffee shop. Right. Yeah. Or as a struggling artist or a struggling actor, I think one of them was. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one that really gets me. So it's like, you know, here's this, this, you know, and, and I hate to be so general, but these are things that require generalization because they're very general in themselves. But, you know, you've got this, uh, oh, you know, um, really uh, enigmatic person, you know, who, who wants love but refuses love and only because they're so twisted up inside, you know, and they've maybe been burned in the past. I don't know. I mean, not physically. Right. It's not like they have to wear white cotton gloves. Otherwise, their skin sticks to everything. But, um, you know, so then they're, you know, they're independent. And I've, I've I, you know, I shouldn't feel this way because I've always, I've always been able to take care of it myself. I've always been able to take care of myself. But, damn it, you've gotten under my skin. You know, that sort of thing. Ah. And what do they do for a living? You know, like an intern. Yeah. Where are these paid internships in New York City that allows for somebody to have this really awesome studio apartment with a with a view of Staten Island? I I don't know. I don't live in New York. But if I did, I'd probably be an unpaid intern with a really great studio apartment or whatever. You think that's possible? No. Well, those are just a few of the things that have really been uh, getting to me lately. Yeah, I, I mean, 
lazy writing, yeah, I don't think it's it's lazy writing in the sense that, like it, we said, there's only seven stories to tell. It's it's lazy in the details. It's it's lazy in the uh, you know we've we've done these stories so many times that a lot of it is taken as read, even in the writers' room. You know, we don't have to explain that. We've you know, it's like the origin of Spider-Man. We don't have to tell that anymore. Anymore, everybody already knows it. You know, there's only so many times you have to tell something before it just becomes a 10-second clip. Ten seconds of somebody fiddling their fingers underneath a steering column and starting a car. Oh yeah, we know what they're doing. They're they're hot wiring the car. I just feel as though, for the amount of money that the uh, the film industry makes in this country, which is probably one of the the major breadwinners for this country uh, in a global economy. I mean, if you can take something like uh, Avengers Endgame, which made like a billion dollars worldwide, two, two billion, yeah. Oh, you're more up on that than I am. Hmm. Um, they, I, I just say we deserve better. Well, I mean, the market's bigger. I mean, $2 billion is, is a lot for a movie. It's breaking records. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is it really? I mean, we live in an entertainment age, and we're comparing these to movies of, of yesteryear. I think Gone with the Wind, if you adjust for inflation, still blows everything out of the water. Hmm. So, That's interesting. Yeah, you know, and and in speaking with plots too, I I, I thought that um, when when the Lord of the Rings series came out, I found it interesting when people looked at it as though it was playing catch up to the stories that have been told many times over, and not realizing that this was actually the first story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tolkien kind of pioneered the fantasy genre I mean to a point I mean there's there's always been fantasy mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> if you ask me all of religion is fantasy I mean you can go back several <laughs> thousand years and find fantasy but um, he kind of popularized the 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 older Norse and, and German folklore into a semi-coherent story and it was popular yeah, it's interesting because there was never really, I mean, other than the Rankin and Bass cartoon. Right. You know, there was never really a, a, a good um, representation of, of the story. But, you know, the, the concept of the quest and, you know, the reluctant hero and um, gathering up a, an army, a specialized army of, you know, a ragtag army, if you will, of people who have different... Uh, you know different purposes and they all come together to to create this you know they all come together for this for this one cause is told so many times but they but that's where it came from i mean obviously there's that story goes before that with like the you know the iliad and the odyssey and that sort of thing but primarily in the terms of you know uh sci-fi middle earth sort of thing you know um modern everything. modern fantasy goes yeah, back to Tolkien. yeah yeah you know and and so it, it's kind of funny to think that that you know, it's become a, you know, it'd become a cliche before the really, I, I, I felt like Jackson's versions of, of the stories were great. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I came into it after reading the books mm-hmm. and, um, it, it's weird to see something that has that high of production value. You go into a scene and it's, you know, what's going to happen or you mm-hmm. know, what's supposed to happen. 
and then it doesn't happen or it happens differently. And um, it, it was still good. I still enjoyed the Lord of the Rings series. I didn't like the Hobbit series. But it's, it's, it's weird because something happens in your brain. I mean, you, you get pulled out of it mm-hmm. when you have one version of the story in your head and then they present you a different version of the story. I mean, like I said, it wasn't bad, but it takes you out of it because suddenly your brain is going, wait a minute, that's not what happened and blah, blah, blah. And and you get pulled out of it for a minute and then you have to get back into the story again. Yeah, you know, that would be a good topic for discussion, actually. Uh, Movies that that stray too far from the source material. Uh, Well, I mean, I don't know if it's straight too far. I mean, they they still got the ring to Mordor, so... (laughs) They couldn't not. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much the story. Yeah. Oh, I thought that it was a good and and mind you, I also did read the books, but uh, long enough long enough prior that I didn't really, you know, yeah. I, I didn't allow for myself to have that comparison. Well, yeah. I mean, it it, would, it probably been a, a good few years, but I mean, certain certain events mm-hmm. kind of really stick out when you're watching the movie, just because it's all fresh in your head. You know, you you on the path with them you're mm-hmm. walking down the path you're seeing it all and and then all of a sudden something doesn't happen you know um like specifically what um i don't even remember yeah but it was a thorn in your side at the time it was a it, definite thorn it was it had something to do with um boromir and Faramir. And their little excursion to wherever they were going. They were just outside of Mordor and the scene unfolded differently and I I was confused at that point. Yeah, I uh, maybe I'm making this comparison too closely but uh I I like to it sounds like like you. I like to be able to immerse myself and suspend reality suspend belief of reality when I go to a movie. Yeah. Um and it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. I, I, I just I can find myself within that time period of, you know, hour and a half to two hours or whatever. Um I like to be able to be I mean, there are plenty of people who like to be entertained and I'm one of those people. But I, I also like to be able to say, okay, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, did you see that? No, not yet. Okay. I will tell you this about it without um giving you any spoilers or ruining anything about it it's pure fantasy right there are characters in the movie who are a part of of you know these are there are some real characters in there who were real people are real people and it's you know if you are unable to suspend reality to watch this movie you will have a hard time with some things that are glaringly different in the story as opposed to what happened in real life um, so to that, you know, I, I honestly sometimes kind of feel sad for people who can't, you know, just enjoy a piece of art for what it is, yeah. you know, but on the other side too, if I, if I feel a closeness to something and I'm, you know, I'm making that comparison in my head, then, then it's like, I can't really you know yeah. immerse myself in this situation. Well, for me, it was already a piece of art mm-hmm. and then it was portrayed differently. Like I said, I didn't not enjoy it. Sure. And and if I took five minutes to think of it, I could probably give you more examples. Oh, no, that's okay. I I just... The complete exclusion of Tom Bombadil and and, and whatever. No, no, it's it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is there anything else on that topic? No, no. We, we, we can move on. <laughs> you look, <laughs> you kind of have a faraway look right now. Well, I see now you got me started. And, yeah, well. Yeah. Well, but there is the other side of it too, though. I remember, oh gosh, was it, um, oh, it was Black Knight. I went with a friend to go see Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. And there was a moment where the ridiculousness of that movie struck me so hard that I don't know that I laughed in the movie theater at that point in my life as hard. And it wasn't because it was a comedy, which I think that's what it tried to pass itself as. Okay. But just the idea of how bad it was. And, you know, I mean, believe me, I, I enjoy, especially if I go to a movie with a friend, um, who's of the same ilk, I enjoy doing the whole MST 3K to a movie. I do it more at home than I do in the theater because I don't want to annoy too many people. But, um, but I enjoy doing that and, and that just speaks to my sarcasm and bitterness as a person, I guess. But, um, but I, yeah, if I'm spending, you know, seven fifty. At a matinee, mind you. Right. Because, you know, it's a lot more if you're going on a Friday night. Sure. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to be taken out of my, uh, taken out of the the depths of what's going on here, let me tell you. Hmm. I don't know. I'm real quiet at the theater. I really am. I mean, if somebody asks me a question, I'll, I'll get... I'll get kind of surly because I'm just the opposite. I paid seven fifty or more. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't come for your entertainment. You know. What was the last movie you went to see? Oh, what was the last movie I went to go see? Um, I don't even remember offhand. The Rise of Skywalker, probably. Really? Yeah. I um, yeah, I've not seen it yet. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm holding out for. I don't know either. Was it worth going to see in the theater? Well, I mean, it's it's the end of an era. It's the end of a saga. So, yeah, I mean, you see it just for that. But, I mean, was it world-shattering? Yeah. It was all right. It was all right. I mean, um, you know, the theater experience for a Star Wars film, the the loud music, the explosions. Yeah, you know, there was definitely that. Yeah. there. I mean, curveballs to be had and... And he he was really trying to pack a lot into the last movie. I think I think it was an apology for for number eight is what it was. Did you think eight was that bad? I did. Really? Yeah. What was your problem with it? Um, um multiple problems, I'm sure. But over overall, what would you say was the the thing that you were just like, no, nope, I don't had enough. I don't think it progressed anything. I think a lot of things were set up in seven that remain just kind of in limbo. And then he tried to create all new plot lines. So I think it really made a mess of the entire story. Well, you know, I mean, it was a transition film, much like the empire it, strikes back. It was a trans, but the empire strikes back progressed the film. It it was kind of, um, it was the empire strikes back. It was, it was the other side of the story. It was mm-hmm. the, the empire getting the upper hand while Luke was still, you know, progressing in his journey. Mm-hmm. It was the middle ground. It was the montage, but it was the entire movie. Sure. And it was the struggle of the rebellion. And, and everything that was set up in the first one had a logical progression through the second one within mm-hmm. reason. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to have weirdness between them. Sure. Eight, however, 
completely threw away a lot of the plot of the first one. It it took all of the main bad guys and marginalized them. It 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 just tossed everything up in the air. And then I think in in nine he had to go back down and and really just apologize and bring everything back to some sort of ground. Interesting. And then build that back up and then try to finish the story somehow. So prior to going to C9, um, I should probably sit down and rewatch 7 again. Uh, Yeah, if you're going to do that, I mean, watch 7, 8 in a row. Just just so that you can see what he tried to do in 9, I would think. Hmm. Okay. I, I have not watched 8. And to be honest with you, I haven't watched 7 since it released. So. Well, you did watch 8 in the theater. I did. I watched all of them in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that I've done the same. Um, first run of Empire Strikes Back, though, I was unable to see it in the theater at, in time. So the very first time I saw The Empire Strikes Back, I saw it on video cassette. Yeah. I'm fuzzy on, on Star Wars because I was pretty young at that point. The first time I saw it was in the drive-in. Yeah, uh, me too. You really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I fell asleep. <laughs> I, don't, I barely even remember it. <laughs> but, then, um, but then afterwards, um, we actually went to the theater and, and saw it. I don't, even, I don't even think we did that. I think the next time I saw it was on VHS. And and then of course with the re-releases, oh, I yeah. went to the theater to see all the re-releases. Okay. Um, so that was that was my opportunity at that point in my life to see The Empire Strikes Back on the on the big screen. Hmm. It was it was, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I thought it was the best one. Um, oh, I still do. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I I think that I appreciate uh, what I still consider the first one, but everybody calls episode four. Yeah. Um. I still appreciate that for being, even with all of its flaws and its horrible dialogue, I appreciate that as being the, the best one, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I, I think if you compare dialogue to one, two, and three actual episode numbers, mm-hmm. uh, the dialogue in one, two, and three was horrible. It was all Lucas's dialogue. Yeah. He was never good at writing that. I, I guess he, from what I understand, I might be wrong, but he tried to farm out the writing to other people and... and he was basically declined for one reason or the other. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that in-depth on the behind-the-scenes stuff to know that. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to get, uh, you know, want to be attached to a to a Star Wars film. Well, I mean, there had been a number of years between Jedi and, and Episode One, So, I don't know, maybe they didn't quite grasp Lucas's vision for what they were or what, whatever. Yeah. Um, you seen Solo? Yeah. So what's the deal with there being, uh, you know, Darth Maul in that? Uh, that that goes back to, um, you watch any of the cartoons? No. Okay. But I, I'll take your word on it. Yeah. I, I recommend them. They're actually pretty good. Okay. So so here's here's my question on this, and, and you probably, I probably have this telegraphed. Darth Maul is killed. Presumably. He's, he's cut in half. Yeah. You see both of his parts. You get people cutting all sorts of limbs off of everybody. That's what Star Wars is. Okay. They they actually do explain it in, in, in the cartoons. How he's how he's saved from being dead, yeah. Okay. I, I don't even know if he actually died. I don't remember. I, I remember where he ended up and 
and how he got his legs back and and yeah okay they're, they're not his legs so okay so that gap is is filled by watching like the Clone Wars yeah. cartoon uh-huh. that was that uh, uh, Gendi Tartakovsky or whatever no no was. there was actually two series there was the the Gendi Tartakovsky one and that was dropped uh, that was like I don't even remember twenty eight episodes little five minute clips mm-hmm. three fifteen minute something like that i don't i don't remember mm-hmm. but then when uh george picked it up he basically uncanonized the gandy tartakovsky one really and he he implanted his own how interesting well that's what he does yeah um you know i went to high school with that guy george lucas no well, Gendi, oh tartakovsky so is yeah. it gendy or gendy i do I, I never knew him okay we went to I, I, let me let me back this up we went to the same high school ah. um in in uh in chicago my he he's uh he's a year older or two years older than me i think he's one year older than me and uh my freshman class was 1500 kids oh so even if he was in my freshman class i right chances are pretty high that i wouldn't know him but i did happen to know that he he went to lane tech in chicago and um I looked him up in the yearbook, and there he was. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting to note that. So, okay, so the Clone Wars, which um, this is not a uh, this is not a spot for Disney Plus, but they're they're on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're coming out with the uh, seventh and final season. Oh, so it's still ongoing. No, well, they they took a large break, and then uh, I think February they're starting that back up again. The Rick and Morty sized break. I think it was actually. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think it might have been longer than that to be honest with you. Well, you know, we talked a lot about Star Wars here and and uh you know, I didn't really prepare. I, I I wasn't prepared to talk about Star Wars. Oh, no, I'm not prepared to talk about anything. No, me neither. The river's wide, but it's not very deep. <laughs> I think I think I mentioned that before. <laughs> So there you have it, a little bit more of my checking in with Bron. I hope that you've enjoyed that. Let me know how you uh, how you like it. You can always contact me via email, kettleandcup at gmail.com. Send me a message via Messenger on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. Again, please share this with whomever you'd like, people that you know, people that uh, enjoy podcasts, enjoy having a good laugh. I think it's a good time. So coming up, there will be an America Land podcast, which is a conversation between myself and Lori about our travels in 2019 and maybe previous and maybe some ideas of what we're going to do beyond. And we open that discussion up to all of you if you have any suggestions of places that we should go or things to do or things to see in 2020. We're not doing as much traveling this this year because we've got a baby coming. I know that those of you who know us personally know that we're excited about a a little grandbaby boy that's coming. And there's a wedding that's happening, and a cousin of mine is having a baby as well, and there's just all kinds of really exciting things happening this year. But just the same, uh, we do want to open that dialogue with you. If you have any travel tips or 
things that you want to discuss, please feel free to contact us. That'll be an America Land podcast that'll be coming up really soon. So keep your eye on the Porter Notes podcast Facebook page. Enjoy this, share it with the world, and talk to you soon. I am probably one of the most boring individuals you'll ever meet.